kind of feel like Garth Brooks with this thing on, though. Some of you may not know who that is. Can I sit? Is that okay? All right. <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> you know, I've often been compared to Britney Spears. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Quinn. Um, so just to start out with, I'm going to give you a little bit of an update. Just uh, the month of December was a really, really cool month. And I'm just, let me, I guess, for those of you that don't know me, uh, my name's Tim Hoflinger, and I am the Campus Life Director for middle schools here in Columbus. So essentially, you know, people ask me all the time, well, what do you do? And I, and I always struggle with that because I don't really know how to answer it. There's a lot that goes into what we do as campus life directors, but I've come to this conclusion. Uh, I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary in the city of Columbus, and I do, we basically planted churches in the middle schools here in Columbus, bottom line. Uh, so uh, it's a very cool opportunity. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you. Uh, I love enthusiasm about that. Uh, the month of December was challenging and was also very good. So at the beginning of December, we got together as a staff. And our boss said, we are running in the red. So we need to do some real work to kind of bolster our financial uh, standings. And so as a staff, we're a part of a seven-county chapter called Southern Hills Youth for Christ. And we had a goal of $25,000, which meant that each individual staff member had to raise between five dollars and $7,000. That's a lot of money in one month. So that's basically, you know, 10, 10% of our budget for the whole year. And so I said, let's do it. You know, I'm, I'm a goal kind of guy, so the goal was set. Let's do this. Uh, so lots and lots of meetings and conversations and one-on-ones and chats with people, you know, potential donors, people that have given in the past, people that haven't. Uh, in the middle of this, I would emailed Quinn and just said, you know, how do things work at TLR? You know, you guys have supported us in the past. Just trying to figure out if there was any way... I was, I was reaching into every corner that I could find, you know, people that I hadn't ever talked to about financial partnership. And so the month is going along. Two weeks in, you know, we'd raised about $1,000, and I'm getting a little nervous because, you know, we've got two weeks left. Uh, the last week of December, uh, money just was flooding in. I mean, people that I hadn't even had conversations with. And so by December 31st, we ended up uh, bringing in, for Columbus specifically, over $9,000. Uh, and I just, I mean, I don't think it was anything I did. I know wholeheartedly that it was God just saying, I've got you. I've got your back. And so I was so, so blessed by that. Uh, one day after one of our clubs, which is our church service, we don't call it that because, you know, administrators get a little nervous about that that word. Uh, but we call it club. I had the chance to take a couple guys home uh, after our club at Northside and just incredible conversations. I mean, they were asking all kinds of questions about who God is and, and what it means to have a relationship with him. And so just knowing that these kids, you know, we met early in the year and just seeing that relationship build and grow and knowing that their minds and their hearts are saying, I want to know more about this God that we're talking about in campus life. So uh, all across the board, just been an incredible month. I I'm in my fourth year, so I've been doing this about three and a half years, and I feel like 
it's just continued to go up and up and up and up. And I'm not a pessimist by any means, uh, but I'm just waiting for something to go like this. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago, Pete Eicher, who is the youth pastor at Westside Community Church, and I had the chance to speak to every single kid at Northside Middle School about PDA, which was awesome. Uh, There were three presentations that went on, uh, and in three 30-minute presentations, we spoke to every single kid there. So when I was at school this week during a lunch, I mean, I felt like a rock star because kids all over the lunchroom, Tim, hey, Tim, come over here, sit with me. Man, this is <laughs> this is awesome, you know. So kids are recognizing what's going on, what we're doing, uh, becoming more and more a part of uh, the truth that we're sharing uh, in the hope and the gospel uh, message of Jesus. So, uh, man, it's, it's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. I'm I'm so excited to see what God has in store for the rest of the school year. Uh, right now, we're getting kids pumped up to go to camp uh, in third week of June, we go up to Michigan and do a camp, and it is a life-changing experience for so many kids. So uh, if you're somebody that prays, uh, please pray for that. Uh, Kids that uh, wouldn't ever give Jesus a second thought during the school year at school for whatever reason, uh, when they're at camp, they open their hearts, and it's just, I think they get away from home, they get away from their normal surroundings, and uh, just allow God to speak to them in a different way. So, uh, yeah, it's fun stuff, fun stuff. So if you are interested also in getting involved in that in some way, uh, whether that's through prayer, uh, as a financial partner, as a volunteer, uh, come see me afterwards. I would love to see how we could get you connected and plugged into to the ministry that's going on in the middle schools here. All right, switching gears, uh, getting into the Bible study here. So I've never taught from a lectionary, so this will be interesting. I want you guys to participate uh, as I was kind of preparing for this and planning this, uh, I didn't know how to how to angle this, how to work it. And so uh, it's going to be very educational. Uh, so I want you to participate. I want you to have some ownership in what's going on here. So I want to start by just reading the, the scripture that uh, we're going through today. Uh, and it's Matthew 4. If you want to open up in your Bible to that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read through this first. And then we'll, we'll go back and sum it up a little bit. And then we're going to go through each thing. This is basically uh, Jesus is tempted in the wilderness by Satan himself. Uh, There are three temptations. There are three responses. And I want to see if we can pick up on any of the similarities between the temptations, the responses, and see uh, if we can pick up just uh, what's going on here. So let's do this. I I love when when teachers do this. Let's stand up while we read uh, God's word together. Uh, This is the NIV. So if it doesn't look exactly the way it's, we're going to go through verses 1 through 11 and then take a, break that down a little bit, and then later on we'll go through 12 through 17. And I'm going to try and do this all in 15 minutes, so I might speak fast. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. 
Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended to him. All right, you can have a seat. So let's sum this up just a little bit. Uh, We can go on to the the next slide here. Uh, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. I mean, I've done, you know, 30-hour famine events before, you know, things like that where you go 30 hours without food. And, man, you get hungry. 40 days. I can't. I know some people who have done a 40-day fast, and I have mucho respect for those people because uh, that's. I just can't even imagine. Uh, I need to eat after uh, even you know a couple hours. So, uh, so Satan shows up, uh, and and what goes on in the next few verses are a, a few temptations. So let's take a look at those. Uh, first temptation. Satan says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Okay, so what is Jesus' first response? He says, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I went back and, and kind of looked. Where did he get this from? Because Jesus responded with scripture. He, he got it from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. So he went back, and, and he didn't have his Bible open. He didn't you know, point to it. He, he had it up here. So Jesus responds with scripture. So what's the second temptation? Uh, Satan leads Jesus to the highest point of the temple in Jerusalem and says, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And uh, I check, check this out, cross-reference that. Uh, that came from Psalm 91, 11, and 12. So this is Satan here using scripture. Okay, second response. Jesus said, the scripture also says, you must not test the Lord your God. He got this from Deuteronomy 6, 16. Okay, so Jesus again uses scripture to to respond to, to Satan. Third temptation. Satan leads Jesus to the peak of a high mountain. And I don't know how this exactly worked. You know, I, I envision, you know, kind of a movie scene when I read the scripture. To the peak of a high mountain, and he showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. Uh, go ahead to the next one. The devil proclaims, I will give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. So interesting thing there. Uh, Satan takes him, shows him all the kingdoms, says they, they will be yours if you worship me. So what's the third response? Jesus says, get out of here, Satan, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only or serve only him. That's Deuteronomy 613. So what happens next? Uh, Satan leaves and the angels come and take care of Jesus. So what did you notice about the passage? What were some things that maybe jumped out to you? What what did you see? Uh, were there any was there any repetition? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, so every response Jesus gave was scripture. It was, and it wasn't a paraphrase. It wasn't, you know, he said, this is what the Bible says. This is what the, the scriptures say. Very good, good. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a second part of that, too, that I was thinking about when I was preparing this. Satan knows Scripture. Satan, I, I've heard this before. Uh, you know, there's a, a verse in James that talks about uh, how even the devil, or how even the demons believe in God, and they shudder. Right. So, you know, as I think of that, uh, I've heard, I heard a pastor way back uh, say, a lot, there are demons that have better theology than we do. Uh, you know, because maybe we don't have a very good understanding uh, of it. There's somebody else that had a hand up over here. Yeah, every time, right. Yeah, he ha- he went back to Deuteronomy. Uh, so I think that's interesting. You know, what is it about Deuteronomy that, that Jesus was so attracted to in this in this moment? So that's a good point. Anything else that you noticed? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because how can you give something that doesn't belong to you in some way, right? Yeah, that's what he does, right? Um, Yeah, don't be worldly. Be in the world, but not of the world. You know, what's the... I think I think we've got a really good discussion going on here, and something that just pops into my mind about that is, you know, does Satan have control of this? Uh, and if he does, does that make God not sovereign? I mean, ultimately... I believe in God's sovereignty, which means he is in control of absolutely everything, uh, down to, to my breathing even, you know. Uh, so could Satan manipulate that? Can he, you know, does God give him some freedom in that? Mm, good discussion. Good discussion. I love it. I love it. We're thinking. Now, uh, this is interesting because, you know, typically when I teach or I speak somewhere, uh, I love to tie in, you know, personal stories or things that are going on in the world. But as I was preparing for this, uh, it just hit me, you know, the scripture is so important. Uh, last weekend, a week ago, I was in Denver uh, for a four-day training. Uh, and it was pretty incredible because we stayed in the same hotel that the Broncos stay in the night before their home games. So that was pretty cool. We got to see some of the players and uh, interact with them a little bit. But uh, the the focus of this training was... Uh, handling the Bible accurately. Uh, one of the five essentials of Youth for Christ Ministries uh, is uh, 
handling the Bible accurately. Uh, and we, we took four days of intense training to just really hammer this home. Uh, and, and I'll get to this in a, in a minute with, uh, at the end. But it's so important to know this book. And one of the things that kept coming up during this training was the idea that this word, these words in this document are living and active. That's why, you know, I can, you know, I've read this passage a hundred times before. And it means something different to me today than it did, you know, five years ago or ten years ago or even twenty years ago. Uh, so what, what an amazing thing that we have that God's given us that we can take this book, these words that are given to us and speak truth and it's alive. It's, it's living. It's active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and, and a defense, you know, as well. Uh, one of the things that I think is amazing and, and, and has come up in my mind before as I've thought about different scripture, but, you know, Jesus is God. And so did he know scripture because he's God or did he know scripture because he spent time studying it or that he, and I think it's a combination. And I don't think that just because uh, Jesus is God that he didn't have a human side. And obviously in this passage we get a big picture of his human side because uh, he was tempted. You know, he had fasted for 40 days and it would have been completely easy for him to turn these stones into bread and he could have eaten and nobody would have known and it would have just been him and and the devil and uh but it would have uh negated his his gift his sacrifice to us and so he knew that the right thing to do uh was not to give in to that temptation so let's move on to the next section here uh and and the subheading in my bible says Jesus begins to preach uh and so i just i want to read through this it's just five quick verses Uh, But see if anything stands out to you in this as well. Uh, When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So let's sum this up just a little bit, and I'm going to go through this pretty quick. Uh, Jesus hears that John had been arrested. He leaves Judea to return to Galilee through Nazareth. Next, he went to Capernaum by the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. Uh, Why? Is this significant information? Why do we know need to know the path that he traveled or the route that he took? Any guesses? Any ideas? It it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. Uh, it it does say it next though. It says. Um, 
Well, it's important. I'm gonna. I'll point it out here because Isaiah prophesied about this trip. Okay, uh, there are over 300 prophecies about the Messiah uh, in in the Old Testament. There are over 300 prophecies. Jesus fulfilled every single one. The odds of that happening just by some dude walking around doing this are beyond astronomical. And so the significance is that Jesus is just proving that he is who he is. Uh, it's easy to miss, I think, sometimes if we just, you know, are reading through Scripture and, and we're just reading this as a story. Uh, but but he says it in there, you know, this section 15 and 16, uh, it says, you know, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, and it, it shares those verses. And I have wondered this sometimes, too, uh, as I've read things that, that Jesus did to po- fulfill prophecy. Did he just do it because a prophet said it? Or was that actually, you know, I don't know, it's just a question I have. That's beside the point. We'll talk about it later, I guess. Maybe another time. So, uh, go ahead and go to the next slide there. Go ahead, next one, sorry. So, this this slide and the next one just tell of his journey. And, and again, he just did that to fulfill uh, prophecy. So, Jesus begins his preaching. Can you imagine? Just close your eyes for a second. And imagine being there when Jesus started his preaching. I mean, at this point, he's really not very well known yet. But Jesus, the Son of God, speaking about the kingdom, speaking about God, speaking about uh, things to come and, and the way we should be. I just can't even imagine what that would be like. Uh I look forward to the day when when I'll get to hear Jesus preach. Uh, you know, I say that, and then and then I realize we've got this. We know we know what he preached, so uh, we get to we get to participate in that. So Jesus' first words when he begins his preaching are, "Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near." So let's look at that first phrase. Repent of your sins and turn to God. What does that mean? Any idea? Okay, turn turn from your ways. Okay, uh, we know that everybody sins. Uh, I sin, you sin, we all sin. Uh, repent means to turn away from that. 180 degrees to walk away from it. Uh what is what is repentance? Uh, you know, it it's important to understand what that word means. Uh, I just spoke about this this week at Campus Life, this idea of the old person becoming new. Uh, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Uh, that transformation can't happen just based on something that I work towards. It has to be a transformation of the Holy Spirit. So repentance is the Holy Spirit working through my life, changing me into what he wants me to be, not, in, not into what I want to be. So let's look at the next part of that phrase then. Uh, 
what does near mean? He says the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent of your sins and turn uh, from and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, obviously, this was spoken about two thousand years ago. To me, seems like near has gone. <laughs> you know, so what does that mean? Okay, God takes his time. Maybe near means something different to him. I don't know. Uh, what else could it mean? epiphany right here anybody else what does it mean to be near yeah yeah i mean we're part of the kingdom right so maybe that's it. Uh, one thing that is standing out to me. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, he hadn't revealed yet that he was going to die and come back, so they didn't they didn't know this yet. Uh, one thing that stands out to me is, do you guys remember the Lord's Prayer, right? You know, part of that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, and the Holy Spirit changed everything. You know, when we got the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, I believe a big part of that kingdom came to us, and we are a part of that, and we can participate in that. And we can do the things that we should do and make things different than the way they are. I think, oh, man, I love it. Love this conversation. This is great. Uh, I think we're getting it. Um, so I always like to add practical application. What do I do with this information? You know, we've gone through this this passage of Scripture. We've, we've read about uh, Jesus being tempted. We've read about him beginning his preaching and, and some of the different ins and outs of that. But what do I do with this? How do I take this and apply it to my life? So there are three things, basically, that I came up with, and these are just my applications, so if you don't want to use mine, you don't have to. But if you take notes and you want to write this down, that would be fine. Uh, Maybe something that you can do in your own uh, Bible study if you want to go through this passage this week and just see how maybe God speaks to you through it. uh, It may be helpful. So uh, first one uh, is know the Word. Jesus, when he responded, responded with Scripture. And the only way we can do that is to know it, to be in it, to be studying it, to be meditating on it, and to know it, to consume it. 
Uh, and I believe the Holy Spirit gives us words that we need, but how much better is it uh, when we're prepared and when we know how Jesus responded? You know, as Christians, we are to be Christ-like. We are to respond the way Jesus responded. And how do I know how to do that if I don't know how he responded in certain situations? So know the word. Uh, very, very important. Uh, second one, resist the devil. Did you see what happened when Jesus resisted the devil? He got sick of it and he left. You know, uh, all of us are tempted. All of us are tempted in some way. Maybe it's every day. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's once a month. I don't know. But I believe that the devil attacks us in the ways that he knows we are weak. But if we resist him, if we just overcome that for just a little while, I believe he'll get sick of it and he'll say, you know what? This one's no use. This one's no use. I'm, I'm going to go on to somebody else that I can that I can mess with. Uh, so resist the devil. Uh, and I believe that in the power of Jesus' name and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do that. Uh, I think sometimes I know I make excuses uh, when when I fall into something or I, I you know, am sinning in a certain way. <laughs> I I make excuses. Uh, oh, you know this or you know said that because you know this is going on no you know resist the devil uh in in the name of jesus uh last one yeah 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 accountability absolutely yeah invite some people in on that you know if you know that you're weak in a certain area yeah accountability can be a very very powerful thing in that oh good point quinn uh, third, repent of your sin. And that doesn't just mean say, oh, God, you know, forgive me again. I did it again. Uh, repentance is not just an accident. <laughs> repentance is intentional action against sin. Uh, I think it takes something like 30 days to create a habit, and it takes something like 90 days <laughs> to break a habit. So if you have gotten to a habit of a certain sin, it's going to take some time, some intentionality, some accountability in that to to repent and to turn away from that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, I mean, the Holy Spirit is there for a reason. And we can choose to ignore that, and we can choose to go our own way. But uh, if we if we pay attention to the, those words the Holy Spirit's giving us, it's definitely there for to help us. Anybody else? Yeah.
Yeah, and I I wish I knew where it was, but uh, there's a scripture that talks about, you know, we God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle, and he will always provide a way out for us when we are tempted. So it's, look at that. I love it. You know the scripture. You got number one. You're, you're on it. I love it. Uh, so, you know, knowing that, just knowing that promise that God has given us that I'm never going to be backed into a corner that I can't get out of. There's always going to be a way out. There's always going to be, uh, and, and he's not going to allow me to be tempted beyond what I can handle. Because some of us can handle uh, less than others, uh, honestly. And so uh, just what a promise. What a promise. You know, and that goes back to God's sovereignty. You know, he's in control of every situation, every life, every temptation. Uh, beautiful. Did somebody else have their hand up? Yeah, three temp- three temptations, three responses. Yeah, do you love me? Well, Tim had talked a little bit about this. You know, that that number three, when they say holy, 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 it also, in the Hebrew, it was a completion. It meant perfection. It was made it uh, complete. So uh, that's why a lot of times you'll see something used three times. Uh, And I love what he said earlier about, uh, you know, meaning, you know, he was and is and and always will be. Uh, I, I can't answer the question, you know. Uh, I think, you know, Satan, uh, I think he'll tempt us in any way that he thinks he can have victory in our in our life. <laughs> well, that's all, all we've got for today. Uh, <laughs> uh, good job, Quinn. Um, Yeah, yeah. It was immediate. There doesn't seem like there was any hesitation, any anything else going on in his mind. He just immediately. Scripture was right there, and you know it's interesting because he didn't say, "Oh, in Deuteronomy six, you know, whatever it says this." He just said, "Scripture says this." You know, I I feel bad sometimes that I can't just say, "Oh, you know, that verse comes from here," but uh, 
And I feel so blessed that I grew up going to church and my parents always had us going to church because I feel that the foundation that was laid in the scripture in my life early on is still with me today. Uh, and, and there are a lot of times I remember a scripture, but I don't remember where it came from. I don't think that that's necessarily the important thing, uh, just knowing it and, and applying it. That's right. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I've got. So if, if that's it, then uh, it's perfect timing. But I'd love to, you know, if anybody wants to continue the conversation, be glad to continue. So thank you. would give us the tools that we need. Uh, thank you so much for your word. Uh, God, what would we do without it? Uh, I pray that you would help us to take it seriously, to consume it, to meditate on it, to apply it, to use it, to share it. Lord, I, I pray for the times that we are tempted, that we might be able to resist uh, the devil and, and all the things that our negative influences in our life, and, and I pray that in, in the power of your name that we would be able to overcome that. Provide us people to help with accountability. Uh, and if, uh, not if, um, with the sin in our life, I pray that you would help us to repent and turn to you. Because in the end, that's uh, really what you desire from us, is just for us to, to be more like you, to be more like your son. God, we love you and uh, pray that you would just be with us this week. Help us to say and do and think uh, things that are honoring to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all these things. Amen.